Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Egg, a podcast where we fix past problems with modern knowledge. I'm your host, Noah Johnson, and for today's episode, we're going back to 1801 to warn Abigail Adams about the Embargo Act of 1807, the Panic of 1819, and the Panic of 1837. Ah, 1801. I can almost smell the excitement, although that might just be the lack of a very good sewer system. Madam, do you know where the household of John and Abigail Adams is? Yes, it's just down the street. It's the wooden house with the chimney right in the middle of the roof, and five windows on the front. You can't miss it. Thank you. Here, have this bag of Skittles as a reward for helping me. Very colorful. Ah, so sweet. This must be it. A very nice house, at least for 1801 standards. Ah, hello, sir. Do you know how to find Abigail Adams? I most certainly do. She's my wife. Abigail, the strange man wants to see you. Coming. Sir, you wanted to see me? Yes. Is there a chance we could talk in private? Absolutely not. Sure. What? Why not? He's clearly not dangerous. Just look at him. Sir, please come into our parlor. I'll have the servants bring in some drinks. Actually, I don't even want them in there. What I have to say is very important, and could be dangerous in the wrong hands. Abigail, he is not coming into our parlor. Fine. Then in the bedroom. You know what? The parlor is just fine. Come on in. Yay! So who are you? And what would you like to speak to me about? Well, I'm Noah Johnson, a time traveler from the year 2019. And the issue is the economy. A time traveler? Yes, someone who travels through time using a small handheld device containing laboratory-modified quantum particles. I don't even know what most of that means, but I trust you. What about the economy? Some very unfortunate events could occur if I don't give you the information to prevent them. What are these events? Well, the first one would be the Embargo Act. This act will be created in 1807, and it will make it so foreign trade can't legally take praise to improve our independence from other countries. Its main purpose did work as the United States became less reliant on the trade from other countries, mainly Britain. But though the act may have had good intentions, ultimately it will lead our economy into decline and devastate trade since there will be less taking place. This act will later be removed, but by this time the damage had already been done. However, there will be some good coming from this, as there will be less competition with British companies, so the American manufacturers will make more progress and grow. One main person against this was Albert Gallatin, the Secretary of State from 1801 to 1814. Albert Gallatin? I hate that guy. Well, if there is good coming out of this, then should I prevent it from occurring or not? Well, Albert Gallatin was actually quite an important figure to the Treasury, and did try in many ways to improve our country. What could that insidious scoundrel do to better our country? He made many efforts to decrease the national debt with tariff, and it was effective as he nearly halved it as it went from 83 million to about 45 million. The only reason he didn't succeed in eradicating the national was because of the cost of the war in 1812 and the dissembling of the first national bank of the United States hurting the economy greatly. I suppose he might not have been such a bad person, but that doesn't mean I'd like him. Carrying on, I personally believe that you should try and stop the Embargo Act of 1807, as it is my opinion that its damages were greater than its effect. However, I can't exactly force you to do anything, so it's really your choice. 
What exactly would I do to help? Try as hard as you can to stop the Embargo Act from being passed. It will be a complete mistake. I know that you and Thomas Jefferson don't exactly get along, being in different political parties and such, but promise me that you'll try. But wait, you said that there are some benefits to the act, such as it making a statement to the foreign countries about how we are self-sufficient. If I stop it, our country will be too reliant on others to succeed. Okay, so there were ups and downs to the act, but ultimately it decreased trade. One could argue that it was a necessary sacrifice for true independence. <sighs> Fine, but at least take a little longer to decide on whether or not it's truly worth it. Indeed I will. What's the next event? The Panic of 1819, which actually happens a year after you pass away. Then why would you tell me? How am I supposed to help? You still have the ability to prevent it from happening. And besides, you're one of the very few calm and level-headed authority figures of this time period. And I can trust that you will not use this information to your advantage. But what specifically am I supposed to do? I can explain that after I tell you it's going to happen. Then what is this Panic of 1819? In 1819, the first great economic failure of our country takes place. Because of all the changes in trade, as well as the War of 1812 diminishing our economy, and nearly tripling the national debt, many people will be forced off land as they will not be able to repay their loans. New policies from the new Bank of the United States will worsen the economy even further. As the Napoleonic Wars are ending, Less countries will be in need of our goods, meaning an even worse economic trade. The War of 1812, the Napoleonic Wars, what are those? That's not important. You're willing to tell me when I die, but you won't explain what the War of 1812 is. Exactly! Now you get it. I thought you said you would tell me what I can do to prevent this from occurring. Do what you can to stop the new policies from being put into place. This will lessen the damage. Very well. What's the third event? The Panic of 1837. According to you, that will be 14, 19 years after I pass away. How could I possibly prevent it? Be patient, and I'll explain. Fine, go ahead. Anyway, the Panic of 1837 is the second great economic failure, when people would spend money in advance, then not be able to pay later. The agricultural prices will fall meaning the economies of the agricultural states, such as Virginia, will be devastated. Nearly half of all U.S. banks will fail from bankruptcy. This will increase differences between the northern and southern states, which will lead to an even greater problem later. But eventually, we will recover in 1848 with the gold rush. If we recover, then why should I put effort into preventing this? Just because something's temporary does not mean that it is insignificant. George Washington, for example. He died two years ago, which proves that his life was temporary. However, it is clear that he was in no way insignificant, as he helped win the Revolutionary War, set many precedents as president, and overall left a legacy that everyone still remembers even in 2019. If we stop the failure in the economy, we could be even more powerful later with the addition of the gold rush to the newly stable economy. You make a good point. So what specifically should I do? And I'm assuming you won't tell me about this gold rush you mentioned? Encourage everyone you know not to spend money they don't have. It might be difficult, but otherwise, they could lose property, end up in prison, or both. As for the gold rush, I really shouldn't. 
The less I tell you, the less damage the information could do if it ended up in the wrong hands. I promise you, I would never let that happen. I won't even tell my husband, John. I know you won't. You're trustworthy, and that's partly why I picked you. I could have just picked John. He'll live until 1826, which means he could handle some of the later issues more easily. But he's not exactly the most rational thinker when it comes to politics. I won't disagree with that statement. His presidency wasn't exactly the smoothest, with the XYZ affair and such. But don't get me wrong, I still love him, of course. Of course. Well, Miss Adams, it's been a pleasure, but I should really get back to 2019. I have a lot more to accomplish. Wait, before you leave, would you mind telling me a little bit about the future? How are women's rights campaigns going? Can we vote yet? Actually, yeah. Progress has been made for all minority groups. We in 2019 recently had the Me Too movement, which helped expose vile men who take advantage of women. Of course, there are still opponents to this progress of kind, but they're much less conservative than they are here in 1801. We can vote? Oh, that is joyous news. One last question, and then you can be on your way. Is the Adams line still alive in 2019? Are any of my descendants there? Yes, many of your descendants are alive and well in 2019. In fact, your great, 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 great grandson is an Olympic gold medalist. Well, he certainly strayed far from politics. Anyway, thank you for all the knowledge you've given me. It will prove very useful. Bye! Thank you for joining me on this journey to 1801. Our next adventure will be to 1865, to save the life of Abraham Lincoln. I hope you all tune in for my next time-traveling journey.